0: You can find it on my website at, at a time.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, I got an exciting show for you today. I have a couple of folks who have read my book and reached out. They have some questions about their existing portfolio, refi, 1031, keep growing, what do we do? So when in doubt, I always say, let's record it. And they said, yes. And I said, great. Then you can ask me any question you want. So let's welcome to the show. How are you guys doing?
1: We are doing fine. Uh, we are uh, real estate investors and uh, we have some questions for you, Mike. We read your book and found it impressive. So oh, thank want you. To talk more.
0: Awesome. I appreciate it. So um, why thank don't you, you go? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Thank you for being willing. Not everybody's willing to be recorded. So I, I appreciate that. So what you want to set up your question for me, at least in broad brushes, and then we can get into it from there. Yeah, sure.
2: So, uh, you know, we own a uh, few rental properties all over the country. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, you know, whether they are not making much cash flow anyways. Right. So the question is whether to do a refinancing for them mm-hmm. versus uh, we can do a, like a 1031 exchange for, uh, like take one of them and yep. then do 1031 for that one and buy uh, like multi-family unit.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so um, you were nice enough to share with me your list of portf- your list, your portfolio. Um, and let me just ask some questions first, because when I looked at it, a couple of things struck me. Uh, one of them you just mentioned, and that is, hey, we, we own stuff in several different states. Uh, I counted four. Does that seem about right? Four different states? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, hi, little one. I said no! <laughs> All right. So one of the things that first hits me, and again, I talk to students all the time is I think most people are better off trying to learn one market, right? It seemed like, Hey, we're in Michigan. And I already forget the other ones, Washington and a couple of other States. The first thing I would do before making really any moves is, is try to figure out where you want to be. I think that's the first thing you should answer because what you lose when you go to multiple States is you lose economies of scale. Um, you add risk because like when you're in four states, my opinion only somebody's ripping you off, right? Cause you can't, you can't watch all of them. You can't do all these different things. Uh, so the first thing, again, be, even before we hit record was, wow, we're in, we're in four different spots. I understand how that could happen, but that would be the first thing I would try to do is I would try to pick one, maybe two, and then I would try to consolidate that. That's the first thing that hit me. The second thing that hit me is um they seem to be very different property types just and again i'm just looking at the loan balances right some of the loan balances are way up there and some are kind of what you would expect and i'm like it it sounds like they're all houses but is are they all houses or was there a multifamily in there or something
1: they're all houses okay
0: yeah and then the last go ahead sorry Okay. And then the last thing that struck me is you have a couple of alligators, right? If you read my book, the only picture in the book is an alligator. And you know, my stance on alligators is you cut them out, remove them. Right. So for me, again, I don't there could be lots of reasons you bought them. There could be family reasons. I, I don't know any of that stuff. But you know, if I had a property that was a negative thousand or two thousand dollars, I would do everything in my power to extricate myself from that situation. And that wouldn't mean refi. That wouldn't mean, ten, that would be like, I'm done, right? Um, because clearly, when I look at your portfolio, I'm like, okay, you guys are clearly high income earners uh, because you're, you're supporting what looks to be a, a, a decent amount of negative cash flow, which is fine, but you don't have to, right? Real estate investing, as you see in my book, you don't have to do that. So my first advice is probably sit down together and say, hey, where do we want to be, honey, um, you know, in five years? Do we want to have a portfolio? Again, I'm just picking states. Michigan, you know, do we want a, a portfolio here or there? Because that's going to drive a lot of decisions, in my opinion. Because, you know, if you're in a cheap spot like Michigan, you can have lots of units, but you can go broke with lots of units, right? Because if the economy turns and, you know, people keep leaving. And, you know, there's lots of things to consider. So for, for folks like you, the first thing I would pick is where do we want to go? Um, because I it wasn't clear to me when I looked at the portfolio that there was a plan it sort of looked like you looked at a map, you saw some deals, somebody somewhere told you something and you bought something. That's what it kind of felt like. Um, I don't know if that's true, but that's what it felt like. Um, so that's probably the first thing I would do over the the winter break or holiday break is go, honey, where do we want to be? I'd pick one, maybe two. So that's the first piece of advice. Sure.
1: Makes sense.
0: Yeah. Then the other thing, um, just given the numbers that you shared with me about the refinance, um, I would table that at least until you had a discussion because yes, sure. You can lower the, I'm not convinced. And again, I read an email. So what do I know? But I wasn't convinced you wanted to keep any of those long-term. And I, if, if you look at your portfolio and say, Hey, those two are awesome. We're going to keep those. And they're going to be my, our, your child's inheritance someday. Awesome. Refi those 30 year loan, cheap debt, go for it. But if you're looking at some of these going, Hey, these have never performed. The city's going backwards, um, you know. I think it's it's probably better to unwind from those because again, it's a hot market now. So use this market so you protect your downside. Um, yeah. So the first thing I would do is go through your portfolio. of Fifteen. Go which ones do we want to keep because they're performing or they're around family or whatever. You know, I don't know what that is. Two, three, five, ten. I don't know all of them. Then go which markets do we want to be in long term. Then you could have the refi versus 1031 exchange. Because right now, even if you sold everything in 1031, I don't know that you know your market. I don't know that you have one. And boy, a 1031 exchange could go badly uh, because it's all time constrained, right? So I think you need to do some more blocking and tackling. I call it learning your market. I think you need to make some choices. Um, I don't know. That's what I saw when I read the list. I'll, I'll, I'll shut up now. You can ask me some questions.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, I was, what are the other options for uh, the refi- uh, for the financing?
0: Well, What do you mean by other options you mean like a other portfolio options. loan or what do you mean? Other
2: than, the, other than the regular bank's loan, you know?
0: Yeah. So, so your first 10, you could get the, so it's, a, it's, there are other loan options, but realize your cost of capital goes way up. For example, there's something called portfolio loans, sometimes called commercial loans. So, like, if you were going to refinance, you know, the first ten properties, or if you do half and half or whatever, you can you can get stuff in the threes. If you do a portfolio loan or a commercial loan where you you jump you put everything together, you're probably six and a half, six and five eighths. So that really hurts cash flow, right? So sometimes putting them together is not the right option. Um, so that's a that's another form of debt. Right.
2: Okay. And then uh, where do you, um, like if you get a multi-family,
0: hmm.
2: uh, you know, building, like who manages for you? Do you manage yourself?
0: No, I don't manage any of my own units. Uh, okay. not, even when I started and got that one house in 2001, I didn't have any time. I, hmm. I was, I could literally be in three continents in a week. And I only was in, in at home one day a week for months on end. So yeah, no, I didn't manage any of my stuff, property managers.
2: Okay. Even though if they're out of state, yeah, yes, property managers, obviously, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And the commercial loans are usually easy to get for multifamily more than five units. That was one.
0: Uh, well, I would actually. So, yes, they basically loan on the building, right? So, assuming you're buying it right and it's of good quality because it has to pass certain conditions, your most commercial loans, you're going to put 35% down. Just know that ahead of time uh, the amortization is going to be 25 years, not 30 in most cases. And then unlike residential, you're going to have terms. It'll be three, five, seven, 10, uh, which will then re- the loan will either reset or force you to refi. Unless you're the Uber, big, big, big people, you're never going to get a 30 year fixed commercial loan, very different mm-hmm. ballgame. That's why I think some multifamily investors will be in trouble or two or three years because their loan's going to reset. And the value will be different because rents are lower, vacancies are higher. So the commercial, like residential, you can get thirty-year fixed, set it, forget it. Commercial, the longest you and I would normally get is ten years, and that's pretty rare. More more likely seven years.
2: Right.
1: Okay. So, what is your advice about getting multi-unit uh, um, complexes versus a single-family homes?
0: Yeah. So, multi-family is is a great asset. I did a bunch of that. We went from eight to eighty units in two thousand and eight or nine, picked up another 50 or so units in the crash. Um, I, I, I put everything in my one spreadsheet and I just compare the deal right now in my market of Fresno, California. I don't know the country, my market, multifamily is more expensive. Houses are a better deal. Um, everybody's following Grant Cardone. Bigger is better. And bigger was better for 2012 to 2018. Most markets, my opinion only uh, multifamily is a not a better deal. I think it will be again, cause we're seeing commercial defaults accelerate, but that's going to take a while to ripple through the system. Um, so I think you learn your market. I think multifamily is, multifamily is a large proponent of my cash flow, but you got to buy them right. And right mm-hmm. now in most market, multifamily is really expensive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, now, one of the uh, points you had made is uh, you n- need to know your market. Like what is, what is the best source to know the market in different states in America?
0: Well, I I have a course, it's called how to get started one rental at a time. Mm -hmm. And it step one is you basically create your, you pick your city, you create your very tight search criteria and you, you work on it every day. I tell people it takes 10 to 20 minutes a day and it'll take you 45 to 60 days, according to my students before they get it. But that's how, right? It is, it's nothing fancy. It's you know how'd you learn to play golf? I kept swinging the club. How'd I learn to cook? I kept trying to cook. Right? You're, none of us are born with this. Real estate investing is no different. You just have to put in the work. Um, and I think you can learn any market in sixty days. And again, you got to be close. Right? It's I'm going to look for a single family home. This market, this zip code, between this size and this size. You can't. You cannot say I'm going to go learn Dallas, Texas. It's just too big. Right? Mm. You you go. Hey, I'm going to go learn whatever the Dallas zip is, three, three, five, 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 or whatever it is. And I'm going to look at houses only. Right. And you can't look at houses and multifamily. If you're not focused, you're not going anywhere, at least in the beginning. Mm -hmm. One other
1: question you had mentioned that uh, if you are losing money in some house, you don't keep that house. Right. Yeah. Alligator. Yeah. For how long do you look at that? You know, because whenever you are going to sell something, you are Mm -hmm. going to lose a lot of money on closing cost as a seller. You know, so for example, if somebody has bought a house for $200,000, you know, Mm -hmm. so like 6% or 8% is going to go and you bought it for like, let us say 180. Sure. Okay. And now it is 200. So you are losing a lot of money actually, if you do the maths on that. So what is a good.
0: Yeah. Again, these are all my opinions. Again, I'm just some, some guy you're looking at over a camera. So. Uh, but but I believe so. Again, one of your properties, right? Not to. I'll just I'll just use different numbers. Mortgage payment is three grand. Rents fifteen hundred.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That property will never make cash flow. Now you could tell me, hey, we bought that property because it's near the beach and it's going to appreciate and all those other. Because I don't know any details, right? I didn't bother looking them up. Yeah. If there's other reasons, fine. My opinion though, you would never sign up for that because. You are guaranteed, in my example, to lose $1,500 a month before insurance, before taxes, before property manager, before one ounce of payment. Mm-hmm. That's You're losing, in that example, $18,000 a year before anything else breaks. Right. I'm not up for that. No matter how much money I make in my W-2, I don't want that. But again, there could be other reasons. It may be right on the beach. It may be on a high advance quarter and some land developer is going to come pay. If, I don't know those things. That's just my opinion. But again, one thing I did in the book is I bought a property that cash flow. And then I did a cash out refi and I took too much money out. It killed me every month to write that check, right? Rent was 1100 and the mortgage was like 1200. I'm like, no matter what happens, I'm losing money. I did not buy real estate to take money out of my sales job to pay for it. That's not what it was for.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, makes sense.
0: Yeah. And then, oh, by the way, when you sell that, you lose 12 grand. It's a tax write off. So, I mean, you get some of that back. But yeah, I don't, I think real estate should set you up long term. There could be lots of other reasons to buy stuff, which I don't know. Um, but real estate buy and hold should be a lot less boring than I think the two of you made it. Yeah. It looks pretty exciting when I look at your list.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, how do you evaluate a? The- 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 the-
0: Oops, I'm sorry. I heard somebody hit the mic. What?
2: How do you evaluate a property with a cap rate? Cap rate?
0: Cap rate is something that's only in commercial. You don't do it on residential. Uh, and just to be clear, I don't use cap rate. I use something called yield. Basically, you take the expected yearly cash flow divided by out-of-pocket expense, down payment, closing cost, and make ready. That's the metric I use. Cap rate is something the commercial market uses to confuse us average folks. And it's it. It's a a number I have very little faith in. Basically, cap rate says, if I paid for this building free and clear, what would it produce? Basically, Mm -hmm. it has no mortgage, which is an idiotic comparison because most people can't do that. Most people have mortgages. Mm -hmm. So I am not a huge fan of cap rate. I think commercial brokers use it to sound important. I simply want to know how much money is coming out of my bank account and then how much money is coming back in every month. I don't use appreciation. I don't use depreciation. I don't use mortgage pay down. I don't use any of that. Other, all the other stuff is I hard, I'm an accountant. I get it, but it, it doesn't help. It doesn't let me pay my bills. I can't pay my bills with appreciation. I can't pay my bills with depreciation. I don't care about that other stuff. Most people make real estate investing too hard. Mm-hmm. One other question
1: often comes to our minds is, uh, you know, when you are going to buy your next uh, home, whatever it may be, residential or commercial, Mm. you know, should you um, kind of save the money and buy it and put a lot of money as a down payment or rather, you know, you just keep your down payment to 20%, whatever the bank offers or for commercial 35% Mm. and do it that way, or actually, you know, pay 50% upfront to decrease the monthly mortgage. Which is a better option?
0: So for commercial stuff, I just do the 35%. It's it's really a it's a solid loan. Banks, commercial banks. Frankly, a commercial bank, if it's not going to debt service, they won't loan you. They'll make you put 40% down. So for all the commercial stuff, I do the, I guess you would call it the minimum. So all my commercial stuff was 35% because that's a real loan. Residential is a different story because banks are lending on you, your income. And I learned that the hard way, right? I had a great income, and they were letting me buy stuff that didn't cash flow because I had to go to my my daily job and pay for it. Um, so those are those I'm more particular about. I generally recommend people put 25% down. Um, for some folks, 30%, depending on what market they're in. Um, but I generally don't like if you're only putting 20% down. It's probably pretty skinny, at least in most markets. Mm. I generally my recommendation is 25 for residential.
2: What's your thought about buying other commercial properties like, you know, in the like in the mall or like Mm. a retail space, like a medical office like that? Yeah. So
0: I I own one mixed use building that I picked up during the crash. It's uh, a nail salon and something else with residents up up top. I own two office buildings uh, that were bought during the crash. Uh, so I just want to be clear what my experience is. I don't own something in a mall. I don't own triple net. I don't own any of that. I always want to be clear. Um, I think I think they're okay, but you got to buy right. Like what's most pain today? Hotels. What's next? Probably office, maybe small retails. I mean, like one of the things I'm looking at in my market is for small seven to 15 unit strip malls that are half vacant. I I am looking at that. Because anytime I can buy where the most pain is and I can hold for a year or two until it turns around, that's interesting to me. So I'm looking at those. Um, but you really got to know your market, right? You couldn't just walk out and go, Hey, I'm going to buy something in Cleveland and Ohio. And you know, a year later, the mall has gone and you're just out of business. You really got to know the market. Okay.
2: okay. And then for the even for the commercial real estate also the people you have managers for that, huh? Everything.
0: They, I, I. Yeah. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows my name. No tenants know my stuff. I have I have lots and lots of units, and I spend like two hours a week maybe kind of responding to email. It's okay. very low key.
2: Sure. Right. Okay. And then each of the houses or the properties mm-hmm. you have in one LLC or you have in.
0: I have several LLCs. I don't give legal advice. I have several. No, it's not one-to-one though. That would be way expensive in California.
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I have several.
2: But ideally is to just separate it from you, correct?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. okay.
0: All right? Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, have fun. Good luck. Happy holidays. Take care of yourself. Good. Happy New Year. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And to Thank you, too. All right. Bye.